It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Drugginet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here. I hope everybody is enjoying their summer. I think it's going by pretty quickly. And for myself, gosh, I'm getting ready for a huge, huge weekend. And I am so, so excited. So as many of you, my listeners know, I have been working so, so very hard on my Glovies product. And I am ready for a huge launch this weekend at the NACDS Total Store Expo. It's actually a great, great, the NACDS stands for National Association of Chain Drug Stores. And um, they do an amazing job at getting all of like the CEOs of all these chain drug stores together. And this year, they're just having a blowout of a trade show where they're combining like a lot of different things. And what's going to happen on Saturday for me, it's something special called Meet the Market. And I actually did this a couple of years ago, but they have such a great setup where it's almost like speed dating, but you're actually, as a manufacturer, they set you up with a bunch of buyers from all the big stores. And it's so, so exciting. So I've got my fingers crossed that on next week's radio show, I'm going to have some really big news because I feel so confident that we're going to get some big accounts this weekend. So I just wanted everybody to know that. Also, I cannot believe I've always said this on the show, that when I first started the show almost four years ago, I'll be honest with you, I really did not know much about social media. And The more guests that I had on about social media, the first two guests I had, I was like, yeah, it sounds great and everything, but I'm so overwhelmed. I have such a heavy workload. How am I going to fit this into my schedule? But the truth of the matter is, the more I looked into social media, I, I look at it today and I'm like, gosh, how did we live without it? So it truly is important for your business. And I'll give you a perfect example. So I have my incredible graphics designer who I've been working with for a long time. And we have gone live, which I'm so excited, on my Facebook page. And you'll have to go and like Glovies, G-L-O-V-I-E-S. And she, she was just amazed. As we're working together, I couldn't believe that my likes were going up and we didn't even really fully post the page yet. And we were making changes. And as we were making changes, I was getting more and more and more likes and I was getting testimonials. It was just such a moving experience because I just kind of feel like, wow, I've worked so, so hard on the Glovies. There's an awful lot that goes on behind the scenes. My family has sacrificed 
Um, one of the biggest things, or I must say I torture my family with, is I'm always hiring different photographers to take a family portrait. And I did it a couple of weeks ago. We went into Manhattan. We worked on a photo shoot. And I wasn't, it came out good, but it, it wasn't exactly what I had envisioned. So this weekend, while on vacation, I tortured my family once again <laughs> on the beach to try to get the perfect photo. And I think I'm close to that. But that's just an example of how my poor little kids have, um, have truly sacrificed along with me on trying to bring my Glovies product to the marketplace. So anyway, back to the story. So I can't tell you how excited I am about the Glovies Facebook page going live because what also happened yesterday morning, and it once again, it was a long time in the making, is that we went live on Amazon. So you can now purchase Glovies on Amazon.com. You can just Google the name Glovies and it'll pop right up. And what I decided to do was my first version of Glovies, I've got it as a, at a discounted price of $2.99. And what that includes, it, 12 gloves come in the package. And it's truly multicolored. It's a really pretty glove. It costs a lot more money to manufacture than my current product because it has the elastic band. And it was kind of funny because I have switched focuses and my new product is very different from my old product. My new product, they're not mittens, they're gloves. And they're very inexpensive. They come in a box of 50. And um, I, I just can't, I'm tickled about it. Like I want to laugh and I want to cry at the same time because I just can't believe that this is really happening. And as an entrepreneur, you're working so hard. You're taking the baby steps, taking the baby steps. And sometimes when the big steps happen, you don't even realize that it's happening. So I'm starting to feel like I hit the bat. I'm starting to feel like I'm starting to run to first base. Hopefully by this weekend, I'll be at second base. And hopefully by <laughs> next week, I would have hit the home run. So I can't wait. But back to the gloves. So I always felt in my own mind that my everybody defines success in a different way. And that's what I love about my radio show is I've interviewed over 150 entrepreneurs and not one person has the same definition for success. And in my own opinion, I always said that part of my success story was the amazing experience I had when ABC Nightline News producer had called me and said they wanted to come and interview me. And I said, gosh, I remember the day, I remember the time, I remember the moment when they were leaving my house. And I just said to myself, absorb it, enjoy it, because this is success. So I, I'm, okay, so that was part of my story. But now I've kind of redefined the word success in my own mind. And it's so funny, years ago, I would have always said that success is defined by dollars. But as I get older and more mature, I'm not so convinced about that. And yes, money is important and you need money to run a business. And yes, I have a huge investment in my business and I do want to get, <laughs> get compensated for all of my hard work. 
Uh, yes to all of that. But to me now, my real success is when my children's friends, moms, see me in the street or see me on the soccer field and say, oh, Josephine, do you happen to have any gloves in your car? Because I can really use some. In my mind, that would, all, that would be a success to me. So with that, I have received my first MasterCard of my new product. And it was so funny. The day it arrived, it arrived about three weeks ago. The day it arrived, it came all shrink-wrapped and everything. You would think I would have torn into that box. But funny enough, I waited till the next day. I think I was probably exhausted from working so hard. And the next day when I opened it, I said, wow, this is great. It's exactly what I had envisioned. The color, everything looks great. And when I brought it the next day into Manhattan to show my mentor, I can see him sitting across from me. And I said, oh, by the way, I have to show you the new product. And he was rubbing his hands and he said, okay, let's see it. And when I showed it to him, his whole face lit up and he said, wow, you really did this. It looks amazing. So I was very happy about that. And back to my, so that was success to me too. But back to my story. So I want people to ask me, hey, do you have extra gloves? And I'll be happy to give it to them. So yesterday I was dropping my daughter off for a play date and her friend actually ended up getting one of the first boxes of Glovies as, you know, a gift because they're just such wonderful people and I they've supported me along the way also. But I was thrilled to see that their nanny was actually wearing my Glovies. She was wearing it outside to pick some weeds. And the beauty of Glovies is that they truly are multi-purpose. So if you're a mom, a nanny, a caregiver, and you have a small hand, Glovies work just as well for you as I do for the younger kids. So I just have to tell you, I I was giggling when I saw her and I was just so thrilled. So also today what happened, I had my son's um, tutor had come today to work with him and I couldn't believe it when she was telling me, she said, you know, I have very, very small hands and gloveys work great for so many things. And I was laughing and I said, well, tell me what, what are you using them for? And she said, I hate the feeling of onion, the smell of onion and garlic and the feel on my fingers when I'm cooking. So she said, so I use them for that. And she said, I threw them right away. My hands didn't smell. It was perfect. She also said she doesn't like to touch her the meat with her hands. So she used the gloves for that. And it was funny because I had said last week I was actually making meatballs with Nicoletta. And Nicoletta was wearing her gloves and she was rolling the meatballs with them. So there are just so many different ways of using gloves. And, you know, the tutor also said she was able to use the gloves to scoop out the litter box for her kitten. So, I mean, I am, I can't tell you how excited I am. I am absolutely thrilled. And there are just so many, so many ways of using my new products. So I am just so thrilled. So I hope if anybody is out there, if they have young kids and you'd like to try my Glovies product, you can go to glovies.com 
And um, actually, your best bet is probably going to Amazon.com, and you can purchase them right on there. So let's see how much we're getting ready to go on a break here, I believe. And um, let's see what's going on, guys. Today is one of those strange days where there's a lot going on. So let's see. All right. It looks like we are getting ready to go on a on a break. But when we come back, I have lots more fun stuff to talk about. I'm going to talk about seven strategies to work successfully from home. So hang in there, everybody. We'll be right back. back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on Toginet.com. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style, along with an innate ability to form connections with people, gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, On the Rockstar Radio Network, you will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here. All right. So not that I was trying to give a sales pitch with Glovies in my first segment, but I just like to share with my listeners everything that's been going on with the business. So you're now pretty much up to date. Um, I have that big trade show, so I'll give you a great, great um, uh, update when I come back next week on the show. So, all right. Now that that's taken care of, what I thought we would talk about on the next segment is I read this really, really great article. It's called Seven Strategies to Work Successfully from Home. And I just wanted to share this with you. It's by Cynthia Romna, it's a really hard name, Romna Race. It's a hard name to pronounce. And I'm not good at pronouncing names, as you all know. But anyway, this article was great. It says here, um, we all have those days when distractions happen and deadlines are pushed aside. So these are her great tips on how to really stay focused at home. She said, number one, jump start your engine. 
After returning from vacation, getting back to work in my home office was harder than usual, she said. The pre-vacation, I have so much to get done, momentum was gone. I had no workers to help jumpstart my engine. So for two days, I found myself staring at my computer screen, answering emails, but more often trolling time sucks such as Facebook or throwing in loads of laundry. She was breaking two of her sacred rules of home office success, which are losing focus and merging home life and work life. Even my to-do list wasn't giving me a kick in the pants. So what she did was she tried to write everything down. These are the seven tips that she really, really came up with. And I have to tell you, after coming home from vacation this week, we had an awful lot going on. We even had a death in the family. And the week before vacation was really chaotic for us. My father-in-law was very sick. Then he had passed away. Then we went on vacation. It was just an awful lot going on for us. So when I came back to the office on Monday, I was truly, truly overwhelmed. And a lot of times, a lot of entrepreneurs get paralyzed. And when I find myself that I'm getting paralyzed, what I try to do is just sit down and write it all down. Anything I'm thinking about, whether I take out a clipboard, I get a fresh piece of paper. And what I do is I start dividing it into quadrants. What I need to get done for my business, what I need to get done for my personal stuff, what I need to get done for my kids, and what I need to get done for my home. And what I do is I just try to put everything down into the quadrants so that I can then at least during the day start checking things off. So that's my one tip. And that's why I thought it was so important what she had said here is that Try so hard to just jumpstart your engine and get going with this. And I think what her point was is trying not to merge the home life with the work life. It's so funny. When I started to work from home, I said, wow, this is so amazing. I get to throw in laundry. I get to straighten up the house, which, you know, how many times do you just kind of get the kids on the bus and run out to work? without having a chance to even empty the coffee pot or clean out the coffee pot. Well, working from home gives you the opportunity to do that. But so often I've realized that, wow, I really have to go back into the mode as if I were in a position where I had to go to the office. Because yes, it's great to have all the laundry caught up and things like that. But I have to tell you, it really eats away at your workday. And what I found was the time was eating away at my workday that when the kids were coming home at the end of the day, I still had work, unfinished work that I needed to do. And it wasn't helping matters. So I must say recently, I have truly switched gears and I have decided that I'm not going to run any errands during my work hours. And I am going to do laundry. But guess what? I'm doing that laundry at 6 in the morning. I'm getting the loads, you know, started and everything before work instead of trying to um, mix the work with home life. So anyway, let's see. Cynthia has the idea. She says here, create a schedule, not a to-do list. So isn't that interesting? That's, let's see what she says. 
When no one is looking over your shoulder and you're only accountable to yourself, ignoring your to-do list is ridiculously simple. To counter this, Quinn recommends creating a regimented work schedule. Take each task and using an electronic calendar like Outlook or Gmail, assign it a time frame. This gets your workday started and helps you maintain momentum. So actually, the person who's saying this is Elaine Quinn, and she's a solopreneur specialist, and she is the author of the book, There's No Place Like Working From Home. Get organized, stay motivated, get things done. So I guess Cynthia is um, quoting her in her article here, and I think that that's so, so important. I remember another mom entrepreneur who was having business um, seminars Lara Galloway is her name, actually. And Lara also had this thing, this, she also mentioned that it's so, so important to set, set your schedule for your week, actually, not only your day, but for your week. So, and I've said this several times on my radio show that the best thing I've done for myself is I've conditioned myself to sit down on Sunday night to schedule out your, your week. So try to get your blocks of time that when you have your high energy, which we'll talk about later, try to get your best work done when you have the highest energy. So, okay, so create a schedule, not a to-do list. So I think that's number one. So I think that's great. Number two, Cynthia recommends to give yourself a time limit. Breaking your assignments down into tasks also helps avoid another pitfall of working from home, feeling as if you have all the time in the world to get the job done. There's no 5 p.m. whistle. No one knows whether you're working at 2 p.m. or 2 a.m., but I personally hate working after the sun goes down. Still, I often find myself doing just that because I didn't allot enough time for a product project. By scheduling, you can tell when your day is full. And this is what Quinn is saying. So I guess this is probably all in her book. And I'm going to have to invite her on the show to go over her book because it does look amazing. You you don't overcommit when you do your scheduling. You don't promise people things that there's no way you can do. You can also tell when your day is done. If it's only 3 p.m. but everything you need to be to do is done, you can go do something and be totally guilt-free. Boy, oh boy, I love that idea. Of course, my day is never done because I'm always feeling so overwhelmed. But what I get personally get in the bad habit of doing is I absolutely, absolutely, my favorite time of the day is probably three in the morning to seven in the morning. I know that my family is all tucked away, sleeping safely in their beds. And it is a quiet, it's so quiet in my home that I get to come down on my computer and that's when my creativity comes out. Kind of, I'm probably half sleeping when I'm doing a lot of my writing, but I really do love that. The only problem with that is I haven't quite conditioned myself to take an afternoon nap. So I tend to get sluggish after a couple of days and that's not so good either. But anyway, Let's go back to number two. Number two is give yourself a time limit. So not only do we create a schedule, but we schedule how long it is actually going to take us to get that job done. Okay, 
Let's go to strategy number three. It's get out of the house. So when the only sound you hear all day is a chirp of your email box, the isolation can be torturous. Isolation feeds into a drop in motivation. There's nobody saying what a great job you did. You need to be able to sh share with people. I got a new assignment or let me show you what I'm doing now. That's important. So I have to agree with her here. Being a solopreneur or an entrepreneur that works at home, it's, it's so funny. When I first started my business, I had an assistant at the time. And I have to tell you, it gets the momentum in the office going. And she was in school, so she worked with me probably, I want to say she probably worked with me for at least a semester, but then she had to go back to school. But it was a really great experience to go through that because I just knew that I would be wasting her time if I was not prepared for my day. So I had to get her schedule as well as my schedule in line before she walked into my office that day and it was great and when good things happened in the office we both did our victory dance together and it was a lot of fun when you don't have somebody in the office with you it can be a little difficult so try to get out even if it's you know what I've done for myself is I've tried to schedule um, Friday, I keep as a lighter day than the rest of the week, and I try to schedule um, coffee, either coffee or a lunch meeting if I can, where I can get out and actually use sometimes my friends as a sounding board to say, hey, what do you think about this, or even just to get feedback. But I have to tell you, as my example from earlier today about my Glovies and my Facebook experience, it was the coolest thing. And social media kind of brings the outside into our offices because you're having so many conversations with others. Anyway, that's my take on that. So let's see. We have strategy number four. Stay in contact. Find networking groups in your area. She once again suggests that Include people in your profession, but also those outside of it. You'll expose yourself to potential clients and pick up tips from your colleagues or how to excel better at your job. Also arrange a monthly lunch meeting with people who inspire you and with whom you can share your successes. All right, so I think that's so important. We all as human beings need to feel connected and networking is so important. I can't tell you how many times it really is a chore for me to network, especially, you know, when it's dinner time and I'm concerned about, you know, taking care of my kids and leaving them home with the babysitter if necessary and going to networking events. But I can tell you those times when I said to myself, gosh, why am I doing this? Those were the best connections I've gotten in my business. So it's truly, truly important to go out there and network whenever you can. I have to tell you, I've, I've met the most amazing business associate, associates from networking. So networking is important and everybody needs to do it. Okay, with that, we're going to be right back with Paying It Forward. Thanks, everyone. 
Josephine Jirasi, right after these on toginet.com. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and we're working on our strategies, seven strategies to work successfully from home. And once again, this was a great article that was published by Cynthia Romnerace. And um, I just, I, I love the article so much that I felt like I needed to share it with you. So what we did, let's talk about this. Strategy one was create a schedule, not a to-do list. Number two is give yourself a time limit when you're doing your tasks. Number three is get out of the house. Go share your successes with as many people as you can and do your networking. Well, uh, strategy number four is stay in contact and do your networking. Okay. Strategy number five, this is the tough one, and I touched upon this earlier. Ignore the laundry. If you were working in an office, would you be folding laundry or washing dishes during client calls? No, so don't do it at home. Work time is for work, housework is for later. Figure out how to schedule both, but don't let them overlap. If you do, odds are you'll end the day realizing that while the house is spick and span, you didn't do anything to market yourself or generate new income. So I know this is easier said than done, but I must say Monday coming back from vacation and having loads and loads of laundry, I failed to keep to that rule. I actually did (laughs) pop in my laundry and it's a fine balance you've got to make. So while I think we just need to be sure that we're flexible at times, if you're really as overwhelmed as I was on Monday, I cut myself some slack and did what I needed to do. But on a regular basis, I do try to stick to that rule. Let's try not to do things that we would normally do around the house during our work hours. Okay, so let's see. Strategy number six, block social media. Okay, it was so funny. I was online the other day. I'm reading something about a mom entrepreneur who, like myself, likes to get up at the crack of dawn and 
it was she said she does all of her blogging at four o'clock in the morning it's so funny because i think me personally i cannot wait to go live with my blogs too we'll talk more about that probably next week but um i think I, I admire this woman that she gets up when it comes to social media. I think what we have to do is we just have to block out the time that we're going to do social media. And I'll tell you, a fellow host on Toginet, her name's Sandra Beck, she had actually um, given me the idea. And actually, I had a guest on my show a long time ago. She was one of my very, very first guests who had suggested that. Every day of the week, you should try to allot one specific big task that you're going to do. For instance, maybe Monday, you're going to handle your accounting and finance. Tuesday, you're going to handle all of your sales. Wednesday, you're going to do your marketing. Um, Thursday, you'll do your social media. And maybe Friday, you're going to work on creative product uh, projects. Whatever you want to do you know, and how you want to assign it, that's fine. But there was a thought that I had that I really did try to do my social media in one day. And I tried to spend my day coming up with tweets, working on um, articles that I wanted to possibly publish. But I decided that I just get more creative Every day, I'm thinking about something new and different. So for me personally, I'm reverting back to just spending one hour a day in the morning where I'll be steadily writing my blog and doing tweets and even doing writing. Many years ago, I went to the new school and I took a writing course. It was one of the most amazing writing courses I've ever taken, and I didn't realize it at the time. And now I'm looking back almost 18 years ago, and I realized how much this professor helped me make so much progress with the book that's coming out soon. So with that, um, one thing I can always remember her saying is set aside just one hour a day. No matter what you're doing, no matter what your subject is, just write for one hour a day. And I have to tell you, I enjoy it so much that that's my favorite part of the day, which is happening at 3 and 4 in the morning. So anyway, try to block social media otherwise, because how many times have I gotten on Facebook and I, I look at the clock and all of a sudden an hour has gone by already. So all right, that's strategy number six. The last strategy that Cynthia mentions is enlist help and I agree with this wholeheartedly this is so important because working from home means you give up the support of an office environment there's no tech support no accounting department no graphics graphic designers but that doesn't mean you instantly become an expert in all those areas and I think this is so important, and this took me a little while to figure out. But now, when my computer goes down, I do not even waste any time trying to figure it out. I pack up my computer, and I take it straight. You know, there's Best Buy. They have a service. I purchase my computer from Staples, so I take it straight to Staples, and I leave it with their technicians. And usually, within a couple of hours, 
they can just fix my problem and I come back home. I've learned the hard way that my time is too valuable to waste trying to figure out technology. Also, when it comes to accounting, yes, I know how to do it, but you all know I've said it so many times, I just dread it. I dread the bookkeeping end of the business. Um, so what I've done is I've tried to outsource that, and that's going well. And, of course, graphics designers. You know, that was a really tough thing for me because when you're trying to bring a product to the marketplace, there everything I touch in my business needs a graphics designer. And it's really, really hard to find the right person that you mesh with. And what I've decided is that it doesn't necessarily have to be one person. If there's one expert, and I'll give you a perfect example, I've used somebody that is a true, true expert in the packaging of products. And I'm so pleased, and he's done an amazing job for my Glovey's product. And that was great. But the only thing was, you know, he was a bit expensive. And to just update certain things, I decided that I would use somebody else who's very qualified, but much less experienced, but she has tons of pizzazz and she knows what she's doing. So I've taken that route and that has truly helped me substantially. So it doesn't mean that you just have to hire one person in a specific area. Since you're outsourcing, you know, keep your options open. And I think that that's a great idea. So and this we've said so many times on the show is that you need as a business owner to spend the time doing things that you love to do and doing things that you are really good at. And as the business owner, focusing and concentrating on the things that bring in revenue. That's where your time should be focused on and all of the other tasks that are super important to the success of the business should definitely be outsourced to people, in my opinion, that can almost do it better than you. I always feel better when I can hire somebody that really, truly, truly knows what they're doing. I don't know. I feel more confident when I find somebody that has, you know, my bookkeeper is so enthusiastic about doing books and I kind of giggle to myself and I'm like, better you than me. But you know what? To them, she's probably thinking the same thing. It's better you than me, you know, that I'm making sales calls and she's not. So, all right, let's see. Um, I hope that was helpful to you. I thought that was really kind of interesting and, um, I'm always interested in how we can work more successfully at home. So there was another article that I thought was interesting. It's the key to productivity. It's not about time management. It's about managing your energy. And here's how. All right. So this article it was written by Jill Provost. And... Once again, I thought this was really interesting. So I am going to share this article with you. All right. The first thing that Jill says is how to be more productive. Let's try to figure out how we can do that on a daily basis. 
The key to productivity isn't having more hours to burn. It's having the fuel to power the time we do have. Being your best at work comes down to energy management. Actually, this is quoted as Jim Lohr, who's a PhD and co-founder of the Human Performance Institute and the author of The Only Way to Win. It's energy that makes or breaks our lives. Okay, so I totally, totally agree with this. Well, let me just go on to the next bullet. This says, learning when those most productive moments are and how to build your workday around them can make a huge difference in your performance, not to mention your stress levels. So I thought this was really, really important, and I agree with this. I wake up in the morning, and I've realized um, I just enjoy starting my day off with a protein shake, and it gives me, like, energy for hours and hours, and... It works out well, but what I know for myself is later on in the afternoon after I've had a little bit of lunch, at about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it's a little earlier for me, only because I get up so early. It's probably more like 2 o'clock or even one thirty that I start to get a little drowsy. Well, guess what? I'm not sitting down and I'm not writing something really important and I'm not making important phone calls. I know for myself the most important things get done and they usually get done in the morning before my family even wakes up. So try to figure out when your most productive time of the day is. So let's say Jill goes on to say here that learning when those most productive moments are and how to build your workday around them can make a huge difference in your performance, not to mention your stress levels. Okay, yeah, we just mentioned that. Okay, so let's move on to... Number two, the key to productivity. Assess your sleep schedule. Your hours of peak performance are largely determined by your rhythm or sleep-wake cycle. Whereas night owls come alive after 5 p.m., morning people are ready to go when they wake up when they wake until about noon. Morning people are those who don't have a problem waking up in the morning and want to get up and get moving. Evening people stay up much later, have a harder time getting up, and hit the snooze alarm repeatedly. The trick is to schedule your hardest, most demanding work during your peak hours. And that's exactly what we had said earlier. And it's just so important. Figure out what works best for you because everybody is just so, so different. I love being a morning person, and gosh, it's like sacred time to me. Anyway... Hang in there, everybody, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thanks. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you. Hold your hand as they point the way and teach you to trust your own wisdom. 
The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism. The historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years? How can we hold on to what we hold dear? And the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Toginet.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and I'm just continuing to talk about the key to productivity. This was a great article, and it talks about it's not about time management. It's about managing your energy. So I thought this was really, you know, a great article, and I hope you're enjoying it as much as I did. So, all right, let's see. We are trying to figure out how to be more productive, so we have to make sure we discussed how pick and choose the times of the day that you feel more alive and more work, more awake. Are you a morning person or are you a night person? Figure out your sleep schedule. You know, if you're a morning person, I have to tell you what I did, what I like to do is when I put the kids to bed at 8 o'clock at night, sometimes I'll go to sleep from 8 to 10 at night. Or 8 till 9, get up, I'll work a couple of hours and then go back to, to sleep. Or I'll take a nice nap in the afternoon before the kids get home. I'm still trying to figure out how to do that more often. But when I do it, I feel so much more refreshed and I can keep going as far as my energy levels go. Okay, let's see um, what this says. So another way of staying productive. It says dig right in. Even though most of us are at our peak in the morning, we squander those hours by chatting with coworkers or checking email as soon as we arrive at work. Without question, you want to tackle the items that require the most brain power, decision-making, focus, and effort in your most productive time of the day. All right. We know that. We talked about that. We're going to move on. Tap into your creativity. There is one type of important project that is better left for your non-optimal hours. Now, this is, let's see, 
Creative pursuits are best accomplished during at least productive time of the day. Though it sounds counterintuitive, fatigue makes our mind wander. This inability to stay rigidly focused makes us more likely to dream, think big picture, and lead on uh, and land on out-of-the-box solutions. When your attention is naturally waning during these less productive times of day, try scheduling brainstorming sessions or working on innovative products, projects. I guess this goes to the point that sometimes we tend, at least for myself, I tend to be more creative in the shower. So funny how many really, really important stuff come to me in the shower because I guess that's your downtime where you're letting your brain wander. Okay, let's go to the next one. Practice a two-hour rule. And I've read this several, several times. Never give yourself an entire day to work on a project because you will fritter away most of that day. And this is said by Charlie Gilkey. He's the CEO and founder of Productive Flourishing. According to Gilkey, we can stay energized and focused for about two hours at a time. For that reason, he recommends scheduling your day in two-hour chunks. Anything that needs to happen can be done in two hours, he says. All right. I totally, totally agree with this. A lot of times I feel so overwhelmed with a big project that I have to do. But if I just sit down and I love my timer, I take my timer out, I put it for my two-hour time limit, and I know at the end of the two hours I'm going for a quick, brisk walk afterwards, I'll tell you, I just move so much quicker and I'm so much more productive. So I love the idea of taking those two-hour you know, time chunks and getting the most work done as you possibly can. So next it says fend off the mid-afternoon slump. Whether a night owl or an early bird, we all experience the mid-afternoon slump. We shut down a little bit partially due to eating lunch and partially to hormone secretions. This is when the entire animal kingdom rests or preens. Since we can't very well tell our boss was checking out for a siesta or if you're like me and we work from home, you know, I, I, yes, we can take a siesta because we work from home. It's, it's a good thing and I guess it could be a bad thing. But anyway, if you are working, using this time to make phone calls when you're feeling just a little like not 100%, or do something that gets you up and moving. So perhaps you have to go, if you're working in the office, I remember when I used to work at Merrill Lynch many, many years ago, after lunch, I always made it a point. If I had to go give a project or a report to somebody on a different floor in the building, that's when I would do it. So that's a perfect example of just kind of getting up and going, but being productive at the same time. So as a mom entrepreneur, I'm sure a lot of you can understand that it's a little difficult to be doing a radio show with your kids um, screaming in the background. And this is what happens when you do your radio show from home and it's summertime. So I'm laughing and I can only hope that my earphones are blocking out all of that noise in the background. So, okay, 
let's move on. I have taken out my big, big radio folder here, all of my shows and all of my notes, and I cannot believe the wealth of information that I have here and that I've shared with you over time. But what I'd like to do real quick is go over some of the great business tips that I've gotten from some incredible, incredible guests that I've had. So let's see. I'm going to pick a good one. Oh, yeah, Bruce Bockenheimer. He was a great guest back in October. Wow, that was a while ago already. Of course, we love Blythe Littman who's the toddler expert, and she's the radio host on the show right after us. I also, this is probably a great time to mention that if anybody wants to be a guest on my radio show, you can always email me at josephine at payingitforwardradio.com. All right, so let's see what we have here. Tim McKennany, he was a guest back in April. And he did some really, really good. He ha- Oh, yeah. Okay, do you guys remember what Tim did? Tim, his Twitter name is at Shark Tank Reading. That was a lot of fun. What he does is he blogs about Shark Tank. So he had some really, really good business tips. And uh, let's see if we have them here. Do we have them here? Yep, here they are. I'm going to review them real quick. The first thing that Tim shared with us as a business tip, he said, select a product or service where you thoroughly understand the customer, their pain points, and their buying process. What's so amazing about this is that, as with Glovies, my product is, I am the market for my product. I'm sorry, I got to shut my door here because my kids are not really behaving here today. Sorry about that, everybody. So with Glovies, it's so easy for me because what I do is I just have to talk to my girlfriends and say, hey, guys, what do you think about this with um, with my Glovies product? And it's so great because I have a bunch of, you know, kids that can actually test my product. So that works out super, super great. The second tip that Tim shared with us is start small and build on your success. Don't be afraid to go ugly early. Progressive improvement beats the hell out of postponed perfection. I love this and I agreed with him so much. I thought this was great. Because at first when I started my business, I always felt like I was getting ready to run in a race and I had to run really, really as fast as I could. And then I remember talking to somebody at a networking event, actually, who said, you know what, you are so much better with your Glovies business if you can set a solid foundation and do it at a moderate pace and build your business at a moderate pace, because in the long run, you'll be much better off. And I have to tell you, I thought that was a great piece of advice, and that's what I did. I established the foundation of my business, but I made sure it was done the right way. Although I have to say with my first product, when the first Glovies came out, it was, um, I handled it quite differently from my second. And I learned all of my lessons from the first 
and I was able to um, improve, and that's why I feel like I'm working on such solid ground here. Okay, so that's my set. That was a second tip from Tim McEnay. The third tip he has is obsolete your own product before someone else does. I thought that was so, so important. It's just get your product out there. Build your business on a solid foundation and get your product out there. As soon as your product's out there, be the first. A lot of times they say the inventor is not the one who reaps the rewards of the product. It's usually the second person to the market. And um, I'm just hoping that that's not going to be the case. But it's going to be really, really good. Um, we're working really hard here with Glovies, and I'm excited to actually get the product out there and just do what I have to do quickly now. Okay, number four, sell more to existing customers. New customers cost five times to seven times more to sell to. Okay. That's really, really important. And what I actually just did this morning, being that I'm now selling on Amazon, I went to my entire folder that I had with all of my prospects. All every, I went to my database and got all the names of every person that ever bought my first product. And what I did was I sent a mass email to them stating that the new Glovies version is now available on Amazon.com. So I thought that was, um, that's really super important. And then the fifth um, business tip is track revenue for 12 months. Well, that's super important. So we know exactly how much money is coming in, what our expenses are and everything. So know your numbers. That's always an important business tip. Well, with that, we're getting ready to close on our show. I want to thank everybody for being a part of Paying It Forward. I hope you found everything to be interesting and as helpful as I have. Have a wonderful, productive week, and I'll see you next week, everyone. Thanks so much. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on Togginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, 